If you're like me and you're torn between the love my body at any size movement and the, if I love my body, I need to make healthier choices to feel good too thought process, then you're in the right place. It's every day now that someone out there is telling us the next best thing on TikTok or Instagram ads are showing us another shortcut and it is exhausting. How about we heal our relationship with our bodies, exercise and food and give ourselves grace along the way. Let's do this together and celebrate the small stuff. Welcome to A Healthy Dose with Sadie Tolbert. We're going to talk about a little bit of a sensitive topic today, but it is so incredibly important when it comes to our health and in multiple ways, really. So today we are talking about grief. Grief is not just over the loss of a person. Grief can be a loss of all kinds of things, a loss of a a chapter in your life, you know, whether you are moving from one house to another or you are changing jobs and it wasn't on the terms that you were hoping for or the loss of a friend, uh, whether it was intentional or not type thing. So grief is all around us and it does some some certain things into our bodies and our, our minds that is unique to that emotion into that process. Um, it will show up physically in ways that maybe you don't recognize right away because you are mentally thinking about what's going on and, and it doesn't feel like something like a loss out of your life should show up in your body. But that's the same concept with stress. When you're under a lot of stress, it can feel like it's all in your head, but then you have all these different things happening in your body and and you go and look for a source, like what is causing all of these GI issues or what is causing my skin to itch or what is causing these, this, 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 and you look for something concrete to grab onto. And when everything comes back normal and negative and like, there's nothing wrong, then it can kind of make you second guess yourself. But when you kind of sit back and think, and you're like, well, I have been really stressed out, or I did, you know, lose a pet or something along those lines, then it can start kind of putting those pieces together and make a little bit more sense. So uh, this topic is very close to my heart today. As I said goodbye to a loved one today, um, when I'm recording this, I don't know when it will upload, so it wouldn't be the day. (laughs) It's not going to be today. Um, But I don't want to get too personal with what's going on with me. Rather, you know, letting you take this opportunity to reflect on grief in your life, uh, whether it's something that is recent or in the past, or if you are anticipating something in the future. So when we are in the stress zone, we've talked about stress before, we're in that fight or flight. And this really can put a number on our, our, cardiovascular system. It can put it, do a number on our, our gut health. It can do a number on the way that we kind of process. And, and ultimately it allows this kind of acceptance for us to not take care of ourselves as we normally do. And so I mean by that, that when you're grieving, you're not 
eating. Sometimes you don't shower. Sometimes you don't take your medicine. You're not exercising, things like that, because grief is so heavy. And so not only are you dealing with the physical signs of what stress does to you, whether it was a long drawn out grief process and you were stressed for weeks or months, or if it was sudden and then it was just boom right in your face and all of a sudden everything just develops at once, uh, each body is going to react differently. I've seen multiple people who are um, always very, very thin, very, very uh, small people that, that are constantly stressed and and they don't eat, you know, they're not storing, they're not uh, raising their cortisols, things like that. And then you see people that are, uh, you know, heavier set that you would think would um, be storing all of that fat and stuff from the cortisol and hormones and things like that. But that could be a completely genetic issue or something else going on and not even related to stress. So when I say everybody is different, you have to really lean into that and not compare yourself to others. Even in the case of, you know, siblings and everybody going through the grief process themselves, everybody's going to have a different relationship with, you know, the the parent or whoever it was that may have passed on. Um, if you already have existing conditions and then you layer grief on top of it, you layer that stress in there, it can exacerbate. It can cause reactions to kind of come up out of nowhere where you're like, oh, I thought I had my autoimmune disorder in a very good, healthy place. And then you're having a flare up and there's no explanation. You didn't do any of the triggers, nothing happened. It just kind of shows up that way. Um, so it's kind of almost, if you know it's coming or you see that it's a slow burn, preparing yourself mentally, even now, like taking the time to kind of recognize <laughs> that this is something that could take its toll on your body at some point. Um, when I joined the military, one of the first things they did in MEPS when I'm signing up is talk to you about your death wishes. So I'm sitting here, you know, 19 years old, like saying, well, I guess you can bury me here and yeah, give everything 50-50 mom and dad. Why not? You know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then having been in a relationship and, and marrying another fellow soldier right away, um, the fear of losing him was constant. It almost just set me into this, this overdrive of being worried that I would have to lose him. And then it turned into losing everybody else back home. And then it was, well, how do you think I would react if this person passed or that person passed? And it was like probably way over the top with my anxiety and preparation with losing loved ones. It would, it kind of got so bad that every time I would meet somebody new, I would wonder how would it be if they died? Would I go to their funeral? I just met them. You know, there was just a lot of that. So that, that is a, when it turns more into a, a mental health issue, like anxiety, um, grief really does exacerbate things like that. If you've had any depression or if you've never had depression, it can bring it to you in the forefront. And the difference between the transient depressive moments and the chronic depression is, is when it's every day and you can't shake it and there's intrusive thoughts and repetitive and things like that. So to look up the clear definition of what is uh, 
depression, what is anxiety, what is stress, what is, you know, paranoia, like all of these different things, attachment disorder, codependency. There's so many different terms out there. You just may notice that something's not right. And that's when it's time to go talk to somebody. Um, When dealing with grief, especially on the mental health side, there's so many avenues that you can talk to somebody that is very well versed and very understanding of the grief process and the different stages of stages of grief and kind of walking you through how to process each one, um, how to, in a healthy way, let out your anger uh, and really work through some of those pieces of the puzzle. If you've ever experienced um, a really, really hard or raw death that didn't have a lot of answers, it can be easy to just really look inward and say, what could I have done differently? And it's normal. And I won't ever say to anybody, don't do that as much as I, I want to just say, don't do that. It's, it's not healthy, but it is part of the process for some people. And it's important that you get to a good peaceful state with that. And if not, then that's an indicator of going to talk to a professional. Now, when it comes to different professionals out there, there's all kinds of different tiers of education and expertise. You can go into a religious or spiritual realm and talk to somebody that can help you through with whatever faith you have. Now, they, depending on their level of, uh, of like knowledge, education, things like that, like if they're trained in it through, um, actual, their practice of like they're a pastor or they're a a rabbi, things like that. Um, versus just somebody who's very strong and and has a lot of knowledge and and experience and self-awareness and things like that. So there's, there's that, um, side of everything and really just making sure that they make you feel comfortable and at peace. And if you're not feeling that find someone else, um, another avenue you can go down is the actual therapy route. Now, there's different kinds of people who conduct therapy. There's social workers and uh, counselors and and therapists. And then you can go up the line of education with psychologists and psychiatrists. And they all can do different things. Now, most people who conduct therapy will have a specialty. You'll meet somebody and they say, I specialize in anxiety or LGBTQ or I specialize in grief and loss or... um, different kinds of traumas and things like that. So shop around. There's so many, you know, find it something that fits within your means to pay for it. Of course, a lot of religious services are free and talking to people that have a lot of knowledge and experience are free. There's support groups and things like that. Therapy is typically not. And so if you can get insurance to cover it, uh, make sure that you don't feel trapped. Like my insurance is only going to cover one person in town, or there's only one person in town that doesn't have a year long wait list. You know, you can shop other avenues. It's not the only way to get care. There is a lot of national ways to get care as well, different websites and apps and things like that. And then you can also just do some searching like on YouTube or uh, podcasts and stuff like that, that just can be more of you listening and and taking in versus you talking and letting it out. Um, A lot of times there are like 
services through the loss community, like with the funeral homes, they have avenues of being able to help you at least find somebody to talk to once, maybe twice. Um, and it, you know, that might not be the exact route that you would go if you lost a home or a job or a, a pet, things like that, but you can easily find other avenues um, of communities of people that can help you along with those. So those are kind of the directions that you can go when looking for um, specific uh, mental health care. And if you feel like you're seeing a therapist and or a pastor or something along those lines and you're just like I think I need to see a doctor go you know to your primary care provider and they'll they may or may not prescribe you to talk to a psychiatrist and a regular doctor can prescribe antidepressants anti-anxiety meds and a lot of very um kind of mainstream things and then if you go to a psychiatrist and, and above they can get more in depth and prescribe things that are a little bit more controlled. So typically you don't jump right into those, but that is just the difference in knowing who can do what. I always tell people that there's no shame in being on medication. Try other things as well, because it is a redirection of pathways in your brain. It is connecting different dots and, and lines and, and helping your brain to get on a, a path that it hasn't been on in a little while. So the meds can assist with that, but really finding those calming self-care activities and things that will also really help with the physical side of what happens with grief and whether or not you are doing any sort of physical activity or if you've taken a break, things like that. It, there's things like breath work or other means to kind of get some of that out. I really enjoyed learning and listening to this podcast that has a lot to do with uh, vocal, the healing that can come from vocalization. And so one of my family members, I said, hello. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. My voice is really scratchy. I went outside and just screamed at the top of my lungs. And I was like, that's good. You probably let a lot out when people cry and they let out that sound. Um, it's very much like when you think of little kids, they're belly breathers. And when they cry, they just kind of let it out. There's no nothing holding them back, right? Like unless they're truly fearful of getting in trouble, like these little kids will just wail, but then they're fine. Then they're fine. They just, you know, get it out and then they're, they're good. They don't linger so much until they get older. It's, it's not like they really cry for very long when they get hurt. Um, I'm always in awe with little kids that <laughs> recover so quickly. And even to the point where you bring a kid to the doctor and you're like, I swear they were so sick and feeling so bad when we were at home and now they're fine. <laughs> so letting some of that out, if you're not in a place like where you can just scream at the top of your lungs, you can sing, you can hum, you can find a different like vocalizations, different ways of making your voice out, come out. Um, I won't demonstrate for you, but you can, you can hopefully get the point here where it's like just doing different things. It also stimulates your vagus nerve, which is in your, uh, your throat and that will help calm down and send signals to the rest of your body for reducing the stress hormones. Um, you can also really work on kind of release of your body. What happens when we're going through stressful times and grief and loss is we tense up 
a lot and our, our bodies just kind of live in this contracted state. And so finding ways to loosen up and again, doesn't have to be through exercise, but finding those little, uh, little ways to kind of release. Now you don't have to go out and pay for a massage, but if you've got any, any sort of like, like a gua sha tool or a jade roller or a tennis ball, just kind of roll it around on your body and, and get it in those knots and get it in your, your muscles that are tight and sore. And really, um, one exercise that I will do for myself with this is actually when you're sitting there and you realize that you recognize that you're being tense, go ahead and tense up all of your muscles. See if you can go through your head, torso, you know, back, stomach, arms, legs, toes, fingers, tense everything. And it's, it should take a couple minutes because you're thinking through each one of these muscles. And then as soon as you kind of go back through your body a second time, you're like, oh, wait, I didn't get that one. Oh, my butt. Oh, I got to squeeze my glutes. Wait a second. I, I don't think I did my, my, you know, this part of my leg, you know, like go back through everything and turn it all on and just hold it. Once you can get everything, everything squeezed, let it go and let it go hard with a sigh of relief. You will feel like a million bucks. It just falls off of you. If you need to do it a couple times, it gets better each time. And then all of a sudden you just feel like everything is just sort of drooping and feeling really nice. So that is another good way to kind of release some of that tension. And I really like, um, sighing just the, (sighs) I've heard that it's so good. And it just, it's like, a you know, trigger something in your body just to, to, to let go. It's, it's kind of a, an interesting, um, thing that our bodies do automatically like yawning and, and, um, sneezing when the sun hits our eyes and things like that. So it just kind of is a little trick to try and really breathing deep from your belly. And if you need to fill up your chest, fill up your stomach, and then all out at the same time, you can try box breathing. You can try breathing through one nostril at a time and breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, alternating nostrils. That is another good way to kind of calm down. Um, one, a little bit more, not extreme, but more extreme than the other things that I've mentioned is, uh, get like a large bowl with water and ice cubes and plunge your face for a couple seconds. Just hold your breath and it's cold and it can feel kind of burning and uncomfortable, but that can really sort of, it's almost like turning it off and turning it back on again. (laughs) So it's, um, something I do. I've done a few times, uh, remembering to do it. I wear makeup. So I always want to do it when I don't have makeup on and things like that. So, um, just something else to kind of keep in mind. Um, you know, when it comes to the entire process of grief and getting through it, um, take your time and just really go through each moment, feel your emotions, feel your thoughts. Think of them sometimes as passerbys. If 
a thought comes into your mind and it's not a good one, just think of it as a cloud in the sky that's just blowing by and try to bring yourself back to a happier time. And if that is sad to think of a happier time, think of something in the future and visualize and almost um, daydream about something. If you want to write a book and you want to daydream about when the book gets signed and you're so happy it finally turned into something you've wanted to do your whole life or picture a child's wedding day and putting a veil on your daughter. Oh man, it's getting me all (laughs) emotional thinking about it. Um, So, you know, use that time to just think of something that will bring you back to a good state. Um, If you're really in a tough moment, do a grounding practice. I talked about that a little bit in another episode where it's think of something that is um, right in front of you that you are with each sense. What can you touch? What textures can you feel with your hands? What can you smell? What do you hear? Can you look for a certain color and find three things that are green? Just ground yourself in that moment and count to 10, sing the ABCs, twinkle, twinkle, you know, something along those lines just to get you in that moment again and not so much where you are feeling like you're spiraling or out of control. Um, You know, I think ultimately everybody is going to go through things differently and there may be somebody listening to this that's very stoic and just may not feel like any of this pertains to them. And that's okay. You do what feels right. Be self-aware of what doesn't feel right. And if smiling doesn't feel right, if, you know, even really going through the motions of grief doesn't feel right, don't force it. Don't ever force anything. That's how things get broken. You know, that's that's how resentment can come in and, and anger can be a permanent passenger. And so follow what feels good and what feels the peace with it all. I talk a lot about the pendulum, how you'll swing from one extreme to another, one extreme being sad and angry and hurt and, and all of these you know hard places we don't want to be. And then the other extreme is just elation and joy and and constant bam 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 it's so amazing you may think you want to be on that side constantly but really where you want to land each day is at the middle and that's peace and that's harmony and that's feeling that sense of calm and and just wellness that's being well so you're going to swing you're going to go from one extreme to the other. And, you know, if you're going to pick a side, it's probably better to swing to the joyful side. But coming back to that calm centered moment when you're driving or when you're by yourself or when you're with other people and just being that presence, people can feel your energy. If you ever had somebody walk into the room and you could just feel, you can just feel their presence. I know sometimes I am very uh, loud when it comes to my body language and my energy. Uh, my husband and I both comment on each other's body energy and 
and language and, or, you know, like tone of voice and different things like that. So if I walk in the room, it's almost like he can read me and sense if I'm wanting to talk or if I'm not okay and things like that. And so if you can be that calm energy around other people, then that's, that's a sense of purpose. That's a mission for you. So if you know anybody else that's going through grief right now and you feel like this podcast would be helpful, feel free to share it with them. If you yourself are going through anything right now, just know that my heart is with you. Um, I had a friend ask me today if I was okay with all the comments and the sorry for your losses and things like that. And I said, yeah, that doesn't bother me. And But some people don't like that. They don't feel like it's insincere and stuff like that. But ultimately, as I read through a lot of comments today, I really felt a lot of um, my heart going to each and every one of them because sometimes you can see people's pain through their own comments. It's almost like when they know what it what it feels like. And that just made me kind of send it back to them. And so I hope that whatever you're going through right now, you see some light at the end of the tunnel. If there's anything I can do to help support you in any way, that's what I live for. I love just lifting others up. So have a great rest of your day. You are loved. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for more and leave a review. If you got something great out of today, please share with your family and friends. And as always, please remember to consult with your primary care provider if you have any questions or concerns. This podcast is meant to be educational and based off of my experience. Have a great day. You are unique and amazing and beautiful.